He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. More of us a secret agent man. You know, with friends like Mitch McConnell, you don't need enemies. <laughs> really? <laughs> Mitch McConnell, who's the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, who should be the leading person in pushing the Republican candidates for the Senate, has become the leading badmouther and poor talker about the chances the Republicans have. Every Democratic commentator is quoting him now as saying that we may have only a 50-50 chance of the Republicans winning the Senate. That's horrible. Uh, and he said, candidate quality matters. That's a quote. So that's a direct assault on Oz and, um, and uh, Vance and Herschel Walker and all of the Republican candidates who are looking to take away Democratic seats. And this is from the guy who would be the majority leader if we win the majority. And that's the problem. He is so jealous and so angry about Donald Trump that he put candidates of his own into the Senate primaries throughout the country to block the Trump candidates from winning. And Trump beat them all in 20 or so different primaries, every single one of them. And Trump's guys got elected, got nominated. So now McConnell is coming in and saying, oh, don't vote for the Republican candidates here. Uh, there's a candidate quality problem and they, uh, they can't win and they're too weak and so on and so on, deliberately down talking their chances. And he's the guy that's supposed to be the leader of our efforts to get the Senate. Mitch McConnell would rather be the minority leader of the Senate than to see somebody else be the majority leader. Uh, that's how deep his ambition runs, and that's how incredibly committed he is to stopping the kind of changes that the Republican Party wants because of Trump. By the way, one guy who does not have a lot of nerve to say he is my friend, and he is my friend, is my sidekick here, <laughs> Doug DePiero. Doug DePiero. Doug DePiero. He's, uh, he's an artist. He's a uh, car maniac. Really? You think a maniac? Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, I diagnosed him the other day as having CBA. He should join <laughs> CBA, Car Buyers Anonymous. <laughs> Because he walks around wanting to buy a car every day. Listen, I could put my money into IRA, all this stuff. I put yeah. it into cars and motorcycles. Yeah, but when you put your money into cars, we have to park them. And at <laughs> so the moment, to... at the moment, we're parking on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> like by Santa the way, Claus. by the way, this McConnell guy, where I come from, that's called a rat. Yeah, I got that, it. That is a rat. 
uh, and, uh, and, and it's completely wrong. The candidates we're running for the Senate are damn strong. Mm. Uh, it's just that they have primaries that they went through fermented by McConnell. Trump endorsed them. They were all set to get the nomination. And then all of a sudden, candidates dropped in from nowhere, funded by McConnell, to zap and destroy the Trump candidates. And they fought like hell, and Trump's candidates won. And now, naturally, they're a couple of points back because they've just been through tough primary fights. But every week, the polling shows them gaining. Uh, Oz now has, I think, pulled within three points of uh, of Fetterman, his opponent, the corpse he's running against, <laughs> half dead, literally. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and Vance is, uh, is now, I think, ahead or tied with Ryan in Ohio. And, uh, and I think Herschel Walker is about two or three behind in Georgia, nothing much. And so this is all 100% a Democratic ruse to try to get Republicans not to give money to their candidates and to give up the chances of taking the Senate. On, uh, on the, the McConnell thing. And McConnell that, is facilitating and enabling this. Is this betterment for himself, or he thinks the party's going to do better? No, no. Where does he go with selfish. this? That's, that's, what, I'm saying. that's what I'm thinking. He's determined not to let someone else become the majority leader. Horrible. Uh, forget about the country, right? Yeah, forget about the country. Forget about the party. Mm. Uh, it, it's, and, and he's taking money that people are giving him to help assure a Republican majority and using it to zap Republican candidates. I mean, completely misusing it. And uh, it, it is just incredible uh, what's going on. And uh, I spoke to President Trump twice yesterday, and he was bitching and moaning about McConnell. He said he's supposed to be on our side. And I said, yeah, fat fat ally you got there. <laughs> fat chance. Yeah, fat chance. Incredible. God. Unbelievable. Horrible. So the break-in at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, Another thing, another thing. The democracy has been redacted. <laughs> That's the meaning of those affidavits. Here they break into the home of a president, or use a search warrant, but break in, stay there for nine hours going through his entire belongings, his underwear drawer, his sock drawer, his wife's clothing, his wife's clothes for? closet. Well, that's it. They don't know what they're looking ah. for. They They claim that they're looking for missing archives, archives that are supposed to... In the underwear to, drawer. Yeah, <laughs> archives that are supposed to be turned over <laughs> to to the National Archive Bureau. And some bureaucrat in the bureau uh, who, who dots his I's and crosses his T's said that's really a problem, that we have to have all these documents, So, and we have to have them immediately, immediately. It's two years after he left office, right. a year and a half, and they haven't done anything. So they're saying immediately. So they go into the home, they search around, and there are two theories. My theory is that they're looking for evidence that Donald Trump was involved in the January 6th riot that took place outside of Capitol Hill, and that they want to show that Trump was involved in that, because if they do, they can say that he was engaged in an insurrection against the American government. Now, to call that riot an insurrection is ludicrous. What is it, the first unarmed insurrection in global history? The first unarmed revolution? Uh, and and to say that is, is just incredible. But it might offer them legal grounds to knock Trump off the ballot. That's what they hope. 
The other alternative is that he didn't turn over these archives. And the statute says that if you don't turn them over willfully, you willfully keep them from the archives. You can't hold public office again. So those are the two goals they're going toward. Disqualifying him under the 14th Amendment because of the insurrection clause and disqualifying him from under the archive rules uh, because of willfully withholding documents. Now, all of this, by the way, is to take the sec process of selecting the president out of the hands of the American people and put it in the hands of judges, uh, which is which is just unbelievable. Interesting as an offense to wow. our democracy, and uh, and I think that that. But let's follow these threads through to the end. Okay, start with the insurrection thing. The clause says that if you are involved in insurrection against the government, you can't run for public office. And that was enacted, as I've explained, one year after the Civil War, when the southern states that were readmitted to the Union sent in delegations to Congress packed with former Confederate officers. The vice president of the Confederacy, Stevens, was elected senator from Georgia. So they put this clause in the 14th Amendment. Now, 20 years later, around 1882, there was a big movement in the country to heal the wounds of the Civil War and to uh, make nice on everybody again and reunite the country. Unfortunately, that was a period where the South went crazy with reimposing the Ku Klux Klan, discrimination against black people, and a wave of terror swept the South because the federal government withdrew troops from the South. But as part of this whole heal the country, the Congress passed a law saying that the 14th Amendment clause that you couldn't hold public office if you're involved in an insurrection was suspended. It would no longer take effect. And the, uh, and, and so it was nullified, was suspended. Then we had a test case a few months ago when Madison Caulfield, the congressman from uh, Virginia, I think it was, maybe Maryland, but he's a uh, he was a strong, strong conservative who was present on January 6th. And the Maryland or Virginia Board of Elections threw him off the ballot for re-election on the grounds of the insurgency clause. And the Republican Party sued, and it went to the U.S. District Court. And the District Court judge, who was a Trump appointee, said, no, the insurgency clause doesn't apply because of this amnesty that Congress voted 20 years after the clause was enacted, and that that amnesty clears it, and you can't use it. Now, some people say, how can a law nullify something that's in the Constitution? And the answer is complicated, but bear with me. The 14th Amendment has a clause at the end of it that says, this amendment shall be enforced by Congress. All the other amendments in the Constitution are enforced by the President. This one says enforced by Congress. And that's because Andrew Johnson was the president and the Republican civil rights people opposed him and didn't trust him. So they put the power to enforce this amendment in the Congress. Interesting. And the judge held that because of that, Congress can undo something in the amendment. And in this case, they paused in enforcing the insurrection clause. So that's a non-starter. That's not going to work. But they don't know that. They're going through it and they're hoping that the symbolic content of indicting a president or indicting Trump will sour his supporters on him and that he won't 
be able to run. Right. Now, the other argument is the archive law. It says that if you willfully withhold archives from the government, you can't hold public office. And the problem with that is that even if we, even Trump did willfully withhold them, that's a law. That's a statute. You can't overcome the Constitution with a statute. And the Constitution says the qualifications for being president are you got to be 35 years old. You got to have been a U.S. resident for 14, U.S. citizen for 14 years. You have to have been a native born American. And that's it. And it doesn't say you can't be indicted. You can't have been convicted. It doesn't say any of that. In fact, Eugene Victor Debs, uh, who is a hallowed name in New York left circles, head of the Socialist Party, ran for president after being indicted, after being convicted from jail. He was in prison during the whole campaign, and he got one million votes out of 12 million guests. <laughs> he, he made a huge run at the presidency from jail. So Trump can obviously do this if he's under indictment or even if he's been convicted. And this so, thought of that kills me. Just so this is, another, this is another dead end that they're pursuing. Very interesting. It's unbelievable. What an insight. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood <laughs> yeah. to terrorize your neighborhood. Not your neighborhood, Washington. Without the soul for getting down. I picture Pelosi. Hounds of Hell, Liz Cheney King. <laughs> that's Pelosi. Yeah, that's Pelosi. No, no, it's Camel. Oh, that's Camel. She's, she's got that cackle down pat. Okay. <laughs> It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Got to get a little serious, Dick Morris. We're laughing too much. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, secret agent man. I That's spoke you. with uh, Trump twice yesterday, and uh, and he was he was just fit to be tied. That's a phrase my mother used to use. <laughs> he was uh, he was furious about what's going on, about McConnell, about Mar-a-Lago, about the IRS. He was uh, any thought that he's disheartened or anything. He <laughs> haven't met the guy. He was on fire yesterday. Yeah. Kept me on the phone for 15 minutes. He was just ranting and raving. And I was saying brilliant things like, yes, Mr. President. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Very You're right. Brilliant. That's actually well brilliant. Put, Mr. President. That's actually smart. So the boycott is over. Judith from Brooklyn, who didn't call last week. Yeah. Where, where, where is, you been, Judith? calling now. Hi, Judith. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Can yes. you hear me? Because I don't have enough cells. I hope you hear. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Yes. How come you didn't call okay, last good. week? What happened to um, vacation? I was, I was, I was playing hooky. I guess no. Yes, but listen, first nerve. of all, what is so funny that Izzy Richardson is laughing his head off? He's the best screener out there, by the way. I He's, love Izzy. <laughs> He's cracking up. You guys are having too much fun. That's I, good. I, I, I I we got to get serious. Yeah, okay, so let's get serious. So, number one, how do you think the FBI spells charade? 
C-H-A-R-A-I-D, okay? It was charade, and that's how they spell it. That's charade, R-A-I-D. Yeah, R-A-I-D, yes. That's what they did. It was just a charade. Also, by the way, I have to tell you, your book, I got it, The Return, and I've been so busy with all kinds of distractions that I need to concentrate, but I can tell you right now, your author's note was just absolutely adorable. Mm. adorable. I bet you have, I loved, I, I loved I, it. I bet you ran out of highlighters. You've been highlighting okay. well, all yeah, these no, parts I'm, you like. We work on it. I have to study this book. I have to concentrate. I have no, I no one's giving me enough time to sit down and be quiet. Now, I'm also going to ask you a question. These Dems, I, they're threatening to pack the Supreme Court. Dick, tell me something. If they do that, hypothetically, but if they do that, is there a legal way to bring the court back to the original justices if that would ever happen? Is there a way? No. There is a way, but you can't get rid of an existing judge. So you could say that when Joe Blow retires, his seat is retired and you can't appoint a replacement. But you can't say Joe Blow is off the court. But they're not going to do that. They can't. They don't have the votes. And uh, they're not going to be able to do that. They're not really going to try anymore. But thank you, Judith. We miss you. Thank you, Judith. So okay. uh, let's go to uh, uh, let's go to Chris in Catskills. He says something. I don't know what you mean. What's up, Chris? Hey, Dick. Uh, I actually know Pat Ryan. I know that his right hand man. That was one of his county executive deputies. That's the political operative. Even better, Pat Ryan um, is the one who's running against Vance, right? No, 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 no. Pat Ryan just. I pulled the minor upset over Mark Molinaro in District 19 oh, yeah, right. for the special the, election the for Antonio the De- Democrat, the yeah. last three months of his term. Yeah. Well, people are saying that that victory is bellwether and all is lost and everything. To me, it was a 50-50 district that went went literally 50-50 in 16 and 52-48 for Biden in 20. Um, and, the Republic, and the Democrat won it by two points. But it's not significant. But what is significant about it is that Molinaro, the Republican, did not attack Trump, did not attack Biden. He talked about inflation and immigration and the issues, but he didn't mention the B word. And the lesson from that is he got a zero in on Biden. It's Biden, stupid. And that's the thing you got to focus on. Very important. Thanks for calling. Let's go to Adam in Connecticut. Hey, Adam. Hey there. Um, you know, I'm a, I practice law and criminal law in Connecticut. If, I, if Trump was my... Um, Did you, you say know, you teach I, uh, criminal law? Uh, I, I practice it and I teach it as well, but I'm, I'm mostly mostly teaching it right now. Um, I think the danger that Trump probably faces now more than anything is if the courts, if or, you know, grand jury, uh, if they're shown evidence that he had obstructed justice in terms of not... Um, you know, not actually giving up all of the documents that had been subpoenaed, that is a dangerous uh, criminal code. And that is considered and it is punishable up to 20 years in prison. So wow. the danger is regardless of, you know, what, you know, if, if he had uh, actually, you know, said that these are, you know, not, no longer top secret, then none of that really matters because this, there was a subpoena for the documents that is legally binding. Yeah, and, but- if he had, and, and they said they returned them. And then they found more. So that's yeah. the danger. Well, you know, yeah. there's- I mean, I mean, you're right uh, in theory, but in practice, uh, unless there is a specific statutory prohibition against his running for president, uh, simply being in jail, simply being indicted is not grounds for stopping you from being president. I Are told you. Be I told in you. Jail? 
What? He'll serve in jail? No, they, they can imprison him. The, uh, the Constitution is clear that the remedy against the president is impeachment, not imprisonment. Mm. Um, but, but so that I think that it's more theoretical than real. I think the purpose of this is to try to shake Trump's support, dry up his money and have people say he's toxic and trying to foment right, right. a primary in the Republican Party. Even though the means are judicial, I think the, the effect of it is Political. Thanks for your call, Your Honor. (laughs) The court of public. uh... Now, um, about the IRS. Uh, I think that this is, again, the need for revenue is simply a pretext. Uh, That is not what this is about. Ninety-five percent of the audits that the IRS conducts are of people making less than $25,000 a year. And therefore, they're not looking for tax loopholes or evasion. They're looking for failure to report income. They're looking for cash income that people aren't reporting. And what they're going to do is go to everybody's house and sit there and say, hey, you own a bodega on 118th Street and Fifth and Lenox Avenue. And, uh, we don't think you're reporting all your income. We, we've been tracking your sales and f- photographing people going in and out. <laughs> And we believe that you have unreported income, and we can indict you for that, and I think we can prove it. But we're not going to do that. You know, you're an honest guy. But what is that Trump sign doing out in front of your store? Really? And that bumper sticker on your card, that's provocative. Listen, my message to you is we could put you in jail, but we don't want to. Be careful, okay? Don't be in our face. Don't be, uh, don't be flaunting this stuff. It's not in your interest. And that's the kind of intimidation they're looking at doing through the IRS. be pleasant to live in a country like that. Yeah, great. Um, but there is an antidote, and in next year, when we capture Congress, even if it's just the House, although we will win the Senate, but even if it's just the House, we can because del- bills eliminate in the House for appro- bills originate in the House for appropriations, and what the House can do is delete the money for the IRS agents, and there's an authorization which lasts for 10 years, but they can't do, spend the money without a specific appropriation. And what will happen is that Biden will then veto the bill, will veto the budget, because it doesn't have his money for his agents. And we'll, we won't be able to override the veto, but we won't pass a bill that gives in to him and gives him the money. So he'll veto the bill and we'll have a government shutdown on the issue of these 87,000 agents. So be prepared for that. That's going to be the main event in 2023 in politics uh, because that shutdown is one we have to win to keep the liberty of our country safe. Good. Let's go to Joseph in Fairfield. Hey, Joseph. Hello, Mr. Morris. Uh, good afternoon. Hey. Uh, I was. I have a question about the break-in. They had uh, 30 agents 
Um, and uh, there was no warning. They didn't have the uh, uh, warrant, the search warrant. And, and it, they were there for nine hours. What if the president, uh, President uh, Trump, would have showed up there with his secret uh, service agents? Would there would have been a, yeah, a right. major uh, problem? And he could have because they didn't want him. I don't think they warned him. Yeah, and, I, don't, uh, I don't know if they hours, warned him or not. Yeah. yeah, well, it didn't happen. There's plenty of mayhem that did go on. Thanks for your call. That's a good question, though. Let's go to Michael in Rockaway Beach. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Um, I saw an interview the other day with Cash Patel, uh, and he came up with a theory that the FBI agents that are involved with this Mar-a-Lago uh, uh, break-in, if you want to call it that, were also involved with Russiagate. Yeah, that's not a theory. That's accurate. Oh, yeah, I heard that. That's correct. They they were looking for these classified documents, 40 of them, that would implicate them in the scandal with Russiagate in line to the FISA court. That's entirely possible, that they were there to seize documents so that they couldn't be uh, gone against them. Yeah, that's uh, you're right. That's happening, and that's that's very possible. Um, Let's go to uh, Edward in Branch Village. Hey, Edward. Hey, Dick. I, I'd like to preface my comment by saying I've always been a big fan of yours from the 80s because oh, of you. your intelligence. I don't always agree with you, but you always have. Uh, well, you can't principle. always agree with me because in the 80s I was for Clinton and now I'm for Trump. So you can't always agree with me. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Um, agree with here's, that. Here's what I wanted to. I really wanted to hear your opinion about something I heard this morning from John Katz on his roundtable. And what he was basically saying, using common sense, is if the Republicans continue to refuse to try and buck up, buck for buck, with Democrats right before elections, when they give away all the money, we're never they're never going to win any elections, because, and we're never going to be able to to affect any kind of reasonable well, change without winning elections. Good good question, we'll, Edward. But um, first of all, we will have most of the money we need. Uh, it's it, The problem is our candidates spent it all during the primaries while the Democrats were busy amassing money. Um, and we'll, we'll catch up. But there's a basic point here. The quantity of money does not equal the quantity of votes uh, we sometimes feel like you could just buy it by a lot of money, and you can't, uh, not at the Senate level. It's too sophisticated a process. But uh, we do have to catch up. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Now, with the Supreme Court ruling on abortion that essentially says you can do whatever you want in each state and there's no federal law that requires you to legalize abortion or bans it, it's entirely up to the state. Um, the many, many pro-life groups throughout the country are pushing all kinds of laws in the wake of that, uh, all kinds of laws. Some say fetal heartbeat which is when we detect a fetal heartbeat, after that you can't have an abortion. That's usually about six weeks. 
One state, Indiana, says right after conception, you can't have an abortion. And uh, the Mississippi law that I think most people are supporting in the country said that you can have one up to 15 weeks first trimester, but after that you can't. And 90% of abortions are within the first trimester. So that seems to be a reasonable regulation. But a lot of pro-life groups are busting past that and going very far. Take it to the limit one more Okay, don't take it to the limit, guys. Right. You're going to cost us the election in 22. You're going to cost us the House and the Senate. Uh, there is a very real chance that the Democrats can exploit these new laws, the fetal heartbeat law and the instant of conception law, to say these are extreme positions on abortion and we have to defeat our governor candidates and legislative candidates, even our Senate candidates, who are Republicans, because they would go too far. Now, it's basically the Democrats who are going too far because they advocate no time limit at all. They advocate the moment of delivery. Oh, that's so disgusting. You can do abortion up to that. Oh, that's so Uh, disgusting. It basically would turn all the maternity wards in America into abortion clinics. And it is horrible. And the Democrats are pushing that. So that would be a great issue for the Republicans, but we can't use it without them coming back, as they will anyway, and saying that you are you are imposing such a requirement that the minute you're pregnant, the second you're pregnant, even if you don't know it, you can't have an abortion. And voters just reject that. They're just not prepared to go that far. So my message to Republicans and pro-life Republicans is wait, okay? You have the Supreme Court decision in your pocket. It's not going away. Let's go through these elections right now. Let's get ourselves a Republican House and a Republican Senate and Republican governors and Republican officials in different states. And then let's sit down and see what we want to do about abortion. There's no reason to rush it. There's no reason to pass this legislation now and have the Democrats use it against us. And those folks that are doing it, those state reps and state senators, like in Indiana that passed this bill, are putting personal ambition ahead of the needs of their party and of their country. Because it makes no difference if this law is passed now or six months from now. And yet they're so determined to pass it now that they're prepared to give away the possibility of a Republican Congress. And it's just crazy. It's nuts. Uh, I know that President Trump is very concerned that the Democrats are going to be able to use the abortion issue against us, not because of the decision itself, not because of the 15-week thing, but because of the various laws that various legislatures are passing now that go much, much farther than the Supreme Court ruling initially did. See, they did one initial ruling that said the Mississippi law is okay, 15 weeks, you can do that. Then they came in with the second ruling that said you don't have to have any regulation at all. The state can do whatever it wants. 
And uh, that's what the state legislatures now are using. And I believe it's a serious problem. I think it really is overreach. You know, can I just say one thing? Yeah. You know how we have to look at this thing? When, if you're pro-choice, right, and you say, well, it's three months, six months, right before birth. But when they get pregnant and they want to have the baby, it could be a week later and they look at the, they do the little test, you know, the pregnancy test. They go, oh, my God, we have a baby. I wonder if it's a boy. I wonder if it's a girl. Oh, we have a baby. Then it's a baby because they want it. Yeah. It could be a week after they, you know, conceived. And they're looking at it and they're thinking about painting the room with color, blue or, <laughs> you know, pink. That's right? Right. Then it's okay. But when they didn't want it, nah, it doesn't matter. It's a piece of meat. That comment is from an artist. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? You paint the room. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I'm being serious about this. Okay. Let's go to Catherine, uh, Kathleen, I'm sorry, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hi, Mr. Mar- Hi, Hi, Mr. Morris. I hope you can hear me. I can. Okay, my question is with regard to Mitch McConnell, and I would like to know, seriously, where his allegiance lies because of his marital affiliation with uh, his wife, who is Chinese, and her family, who are very ingrained in this Chinese shipping uh, organization. I, I just really question. Kathleen is referring to Elaine Chow, C-H-O-U, who has been McConnell's wife, who's been the Secretary of Labor uh, under Labor, yeah, Labor, under uh, Bush and uh, under um, and, and under Trump. And uh, she's questioning McConnell's loyalty based on that. Am I correct, Kathleen? I always thought of his... Um appointment of Mrs. Chow um, to the Department of Transportation as being a peace offering to Mitch McConnell. Yeah, that's right. She was labor and then she moved to transportation. Well, it was, uh, but I don't think it's anything worse than just pure old patronage. Mm. Uh, I think that, uh, look, the Democrats had a problem with Manchin, <clears throat> they put his wife in head of the Appalachian Regional Commission where she can give away a billion dollars to whoever she wants in Appalachia. And the Republicans uh, had a problem, and they uh, gave McConnell's wife this job uh, kind of as a way of keeping McConnell under, under, under check and Didn't giving work. the president power over him. Mm. Didn't work. He's now absolutely messing around with us horribly. Oh, my God. But he is. Well, I thank call you. him. I call him Mumbles McConnell. Thank you, Kathleen, for your call. Uh, Valeria in Florida, what's up? Hi, Mr. Morris. Thank you for taking my call. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're welcome. Your dog, Hi. too. <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm a Trump supporter um, from back in the 70s when I used to live in New York. And I'm concerned about the legal team. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong, but I just don't feel as though they have the experience and the competency in constitutional law. And I I don't know. Uh, I would feel more relieved if Rudy was still there. Um, But uh, but look, basically, uh, Trump appointed 300 judges to the federal court system. And I think that gives you some assurance that the process is not going to be totally biased in favor of the Democrats. 
That's good. And, uh, and I think that, and the Supreme Court is six to three conservative. And while some of those judges like Roberts were appointed by Bush, uh, I still think you can count on those people in a, in a pitch, in a stretch. We have to understand that the magnitude of the attempt to keep a president of the United States from running for re-election on the grounds of these totally specious grounds that this riot at, at, uh, on January 6th was a revolution. There were no guns. There was no effort to kill people. The only casualties were among the demonstrators. None of the police were injured. And yet this is a revolution. This was an attempt to overthrow the government of the United States. Baloney. I mean, how, how specious can you get? And even if you believe it was, we have to be blind and deaf to say that, uh, there still was, is that amnesty, uh, provision that was passed 20 years later. And when they tried to throw out, uh, Caulfield off the ballot in his congressional race, because he was involved in the January 6th riot, uh, the district court overruled that. So I don't think that's going to go anywhere, and I don't think it takes Clarence Darrow to defend that. Mm. Now, in terms of the archives, the issue there is, is some clerk going to run the country? Is there some freaking clerk who decided that he wanted all the documents in the archives because he has his little alphabetical file and he wanted everything there in his cubby in order where it should be and he wanted everything complete and the law says you have to do that okay i personally have witnessed donald trump jaywalking okay and there i've heard that he occasionally littered so let's bar him from running for office because of that those are also violations of the law and uh it is obviously a pretext to keep him out of office it obviously has nothing to do with the law. Look, Donald Trump had all the archives at his disposal before there were archives, when there were orders or actions in his administration. And he didn't do anything with them that's disloyal. He didn't give them to China. He didn't give them to Russia. Hillary did because of her server and mm. was accessed by foreign powers. But he didn't. And to say that it's dangerous to national security for the former president who had all of this information for years and didn't do anything dangerous with it, to have this information in his private files is absurd. What do you think Trump's going to do, call up Russia and give it to him? Call up China or Iran and give it to them? Nonsense. They said we have there's information that could compromise the lives of the agents, the sources of information. So what do you think he's going to do, call up the Chinese spy agency and say, hey, this guy is is a traitor, this guy is working with American intelligence? Sell it on the street. <laughs> I mean, what do you think Donald Trump really? is? I mean, can you make a credible case for that? I don't think so. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's PriorityGoldGuide.com. So. 
He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. How many hours a week do you work? Um, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 30? A million. 20? How many hours a week do you work? Well, the average college faculty member works 12 hours a week or less really? of, of contact hours with students uh, in the state universities. In, uh, in private universities, uh, they work far less. Full professors at Harvard work six hours. They call it contact hours with students. Of course, they do other stuff. They have to counsel students, and more importantly for these universities, they do research. But the reason that that you needed to forgive these student loans or the reason issue arose is the outrageous cost of college, the incredible cost of college. And there is a university in Pennsylvania called Keystone College, which has managed to keep its costs way, way down, about half of the co- of the costs at comparable other colleges. And their standards are fine. They're, they're right up there with the other schools. But they require all of their faculty, and please forgive me for, deport, for talking about cruelty and slavery, 12 hours a week <laughs> of work. They actually have to be in front of a class teaching no. for 12 hours a week. Do you believe that? No. It's horrible. Uh, and they also prescribe that administrative expenses have to be less than 10% of the total budget of the college. They're normally about 25%. And that the college can't incur debt for anything that's not revenue producing. So you can build a dormitory, uh, but you can't in build a new – can't bring some new statue or sculpture onto the campus, mm-hmm. and or at least you're limited in what you can do there. Oh, that's good. And they have succeeded in lowering the cost of college by at least a third and basically probably a half. And this is the most powerful lobby in America, the college faculty. You never hear talk about it. You never hear talk about how they're driving up the cost of higher education. Because they, they, they're totally owned by the Democrats and they totally own the Democrats. So nobody raises this issue. Nobody talks about it. To her credit, Elizabeth Warren gave a speech the other day where she talked about that. And it, it's very important to do that. What happened was that decades ago, 50 years ago, when there wasn't this network of public colleges, state universities throughout the country, Colleges would hire faculty members who were basically researchers. They were scientists or historians or literary experts, and they would spend all their time researching and writing. You've heard them say publish or perish. Well, that was the rule. They basically needed to publish books and scholarly manuscripts to show that they were serious scholars. And to get people of that level, they didn't uh, ask them to do a lot of teaching. They said, spend your time doing research, spend your time writing. And they did, and the, and they were very, very expensive. 
But now with state universities and everybody goes to college, everybody in the faculty has the same rights, the same privileges, and the same tenure. And we just need to stop granting tenure to these faculty and to say that if you want to get a student loan, you have to go to a university that makes their faculty work a minimum of 12 hours a week of contact hours with students. We can't tell the college what to do, but we can say you're not getting any federal aid unless your college does that, which means the college is forced to do that. And that's what we need to do. And talking about how much we forgive, how much we forget, how much we don't, without dealing with cost limitation in colleges, is just to be on the treadmill and uh, running around and it gets worse as you continue. So my book, The Return, the Donald Trump's comeback in 2024, uh, has been doing very well. It's been out for a month and a half, and it's on the bestsellers lists. But the key point, but the amazing thing about this book is that it's it's longer than when I wrote it, you know? <laughs> when I wrote it, there was a whole series of things that I talked about, and they were happening, the the Democrats had tried to pass crazy legislation in Congress. They tried to deform our voting system. They had tried to get critical race theory in our schools. They tried to corrupt our fourth graders with detailed education about alternative sex practices and so on. But now, the parts of the book that were a couple of paragraphs here or there that said that in the future this is going to happen – have all come true. It's amazing. That's amazing. I said that they were going to raid Donald Trump and try to frame him for technical violations of the archives law. I said that they're going to try to expand the IRS to a point where it becomes an army of occupation in the United States to intimidate Trump voters. And I cited the Tea Party movement, which was going strong in 2010, and then Lois Lerner struck. And she, they didn't do anything illegal, but Lois Lerner said, you have to produce documents. I want your certificates of incorporation. I want your minutes. I want a list of your donors. I want a list of your expenditures. I want a list of your staff. I want a list of everybody that gives you money. And the paperwork burden on these tea parties that did not have a strong administrative structure and basically had very little in the way of administration, and most importantly, no attorneys on retainer, was so onerous that they went out of business. And by 2013 and 2014, and now, you never hear the word Tea Party anymore. It's an artifact Uh of history of 10 years ago, and the reason it was eliminated was it was put out of business, not by high taxes, but by IRS regulation and intimidation. So I warn about that. I talk about that. But I mean... This book has come true, and and I'm I'm just very thankful that I wrote it with one eye on the future, and uh, and I think that that this is terribly important for us to understand, and to understand that we need to know what they're going to put us through. It should not come as a surprise when Donald Trump is indicted for nothing at all. It should not come as a surprise when some clerk holds that he didn't turn over the archives in time and that therefore he shouldn't hold public office. Yeah, right. It shouldn't come as a surprise to us 
when they say that that riot on January 6th of a bunch of people who got out of hand and went crazy is a full-scale revolution against the United States of America. <clears throat> this is what they're planning to do. And this is what, and this is what in the book, The Return, I spell out that people are planning to do. It's amazing that you saw so much, so much of this. Well, it was easy. I just imagined what's the worst yeah, right. that the Democrats can possibly do. What I didn't understand is how thoroughly Donald Trump would dominate the Republican primaries. And it's cause and effect. When Trump began to win all of the primaries, guys like DeSantis and Nikki Haley and, uh, Mike Pence decided, uh, 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 I'm not getting into a primary now. I'm not sacrificing my political career by going up against Donald right. Trump in a Republican primary. I quote you, Winston Churchill, who said a land war in Asia is like going into the water to fight the shark. Yeah, right. That's and good. they said, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then when the primary opposition to Trump melted away and became clear that he was the consensus nominee, probably by acclamation, then they had to switch gears and go to the judicial process to deny us a choice of who the president should be and vest that choice in the hands of some prosecutors, a grand jury, and some appellate courts. Now, thank God the con- the Constitution is still protecting us. You can't say someone can't be president because they screwed up on the archives law. Right. It's not in the Constitution. And you can't say that you ran an insurrection, even if you believe that was an insurrection, because it was repealed by Congress 20 years later. But they're going to try, and that's what we're going to have to do. Let's go to George in Rockland County. Hey, George. Hey, Mr. Morris. Thanks for uh, educating us. Okay, so you said something earlier here that I like to take an issue with, okay? Uh, there was a question there regarding uh, uh, what will happen uh, if uh, they will hire all this 87,000 I'm up against uh, a time crush, so be fast, George. And you said something that I don't see that way, okay? And you said, well, you don't have to be worried so much about what you do with your taxes, but if you have a sign on your lawn or a new bumper car or a new shop, okay, that's, a, that's one that will come after you. So my question to you is like this. I figure we have I'm well sorry. over three. You're up against a break. I have to cut you off. My point was that unreported income is what they'll go after you for, which means they'll go after small people, mom and pop stores, bodegas, waitresses that work for tips, that kind of stuff. But Trump voters, and they're going to go after them, not with the goal of raising revenue, but with the goal of political intimidation, something we haven't had in our country for a long time, but we never have. Well, thanks a lot. Have a nice weekend. Thank you, Morris. It's an honor. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.